0: Great series. And the thing about the book of James is actually written in uncertain times. It's it starts off with, with James talking to the church that was being scattered. And and we're living in uncertain times. How many would agree we live in uncertain times? Man, with the COVID, you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow, and and if you if you're gonna have a job, if you don't have a vaccine, Oh, will you still have a job? You know, there's there's lots of things that can bring uncertainty in our hearts. And today we're gonna talk about who's in charge. Who's in charge? Okay, let's look at the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. It says, "'Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes.'" instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows to do the right thing and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Well, that sounds like a pretty harsh passage of scripture. That's why they had me do it. Cause you know, I'm the mother and the sugar, you had a little sugar <laughs> to the message, but. It, but it really is an important lesson that as we're making plans in our life in uncertain times, our tendency is to grab a hold and be in control. That's our natural tendency. And, and, and what God is saying in this passage is that, like, hey, will you trust me to give me control? And that's really where we're at. And, and it says, you know, we boast, we can boast in ourselves or we can boast in the Lord. When we take boast in ourselves our ability to make a choice and to make a plan, we're saying, I can do this. I don't need God. I can do it myself. I know how to be successful. I know how to run a business. I know how to do things. I know how to make money. But what God is saying, hey, I want, I want to be in control. I want to trust you. I want you to trust me with your life. And boasting in ourselves is pride, which causes resistance and distance. We resist God taking control and what that does, it brings us distance. And when it even says about that that you know to do it right, to do what's right, and you don't do it, it's sin. What that's saying is when you resist me, you're creating distance to possibly go the wrong direction. And God intends to help us. Do you know He wants to guide us? Right. And He's the only one who knows is certain about what's next. He's the only one. We do not know what's certain, what's next. And, and so, so when we find ourselves making plans in uncertain times, and maybe for you that uncertain time is you want to be married. And it's like, I'm trying to find me a man. I can't even date with COVID. You know, I have to meet somebody online. And we start trying to make our own way. And we end up making wrong decisions sometimes when we do that. Or maybe you're thinking, man, maybe I need to move to Idaho. Like my friend's moving to Idaho and, you know, I don't know, you know, we're trying to figure this out. Or maybe, maybe I need to find a new job because I'm unsatisfied. Maybe I need to find a new marriage, come on, because I'm unsatisfied. And we start making our own plans. And God wants us to make plans. He wants you to succeed. Do you know that? He wants you to make plans. He desires us to make plans, but he wants our plans to have the right motives because sometimes we have misplaced motives. Our plans sometimes are designed to bring us security and we find security in ourselves instead of finding security in the one who can give us security. And really, finding our motives in Jesus Christ. I love Proverbs sixteen nine. It says, "We humans make plans, but the Lord has a final word." Yes. I love that thought. We can make plans, and it's like you know, there's this saying uh, that uh, that if you fail to plan, um, you plan to fail, right? If if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. But but in James it says it says, "If we plan without God and as." We, and that's just what it's saying. If we plan without God, we can achieve success, but we can miss the purpose of living. This is really the, the gist of this passage. Um, and, so, and so we can make our plans with God or we can make our plans without God. And I remember for Jude and I, several years ago, we were youth pastors in, in Seattle. We helped start the church. We were there, we were youth pastors for 10 years. And I'm telling you what we were finding amazing success. I mean, um, we had so many young people. We kicked the adults out of the sanctuary. We got into the sanctuary and we were running literally over 800 kids in our youth ministry. And then all of a sudden there was a change. There was a change there. Um, uh, uh, they put in a new youth pastor. Jude at the time was 42. I was 38 or 37, whatever it was. (laughs) Um, and so, and so it was an it, it brought uncertainty in our lives. it, Everything within us wanted to leave and run and find security in the, in the next position. And I remember we even had people tell us, you need to go start a church. There's this big church hiring people. You need to go apply for that. So there was a lot of insecurity and, and unrest in our hearts. And everything with, within us wanted us to plan our own way. Because we knew how to have success. But you know what we did? We, we decided to ask the Lord what he wanted. Yeah, no idea. We're in the ministry and we're asking the Lord what to do. <laughs> but this is what this, this passage is about. This is believers. This passage is not about unbelievers. It's about believers reminding us, Hey, what about me? What about me? God? saying, what about me and your plans? Wow. And so we stopped and we said, God, what do you want us to do? And he said, I want you to stay. You know, it was, it took more faith to stay than it did to leave. Because when we're unsettled, what do we want to do? Leave. Yeah. Takes more faith to stay when God tells you to stay. So we, and so God wants us to know that, that he desires to have plans. And so as we found ourselves staying and, there, and we stayed there several years and then there came opportunities for us to, to possibly take a church um, and and it was it was a big church. It had four thousand people. Had a million dollars in the bank. Building plans to build a bigger building. And we thought, oh, this is God. It's His reward. We're gonna go there. And we get there, and everything on the outside looked right. It looked successful. It had all the things we want in the natural, except we didn't have peace. Wow. Right. And the Lord said, I want you to go to the youth ministry, because because at the time I had teenagers, and see what's happening. And I thought, if I put my, child, my young people in this youth ministry, I may lose them. Our plans have to include what God's doing for the next generation. Our plans are not just for our own security. Our plans is for what God has for our next generation. Amen? Amen. So, so let's talk about there's There's two ways we can make plans. Plans with God. Plans without God. What does it look like to make plans without God? I think of this um, uh, uh, when my Jew was little. um, It's like this when we make plans without God. it's It's like what he used to say when he was little. We would try to teach him how to ride a bike or try to feed him. He'd say, I do it myself. I do it myself. He said all the time, I do it myself. And you know, that's how we are sometimes. I do it myself. We got a spirit of independence there. And this is what this is addressing. I do it myself. And, um, and so, and so this, this, this illustration in the Bible, talks about, hey, um, it says, come now, uh, you who say. And, and that word come now means listen. Listen to me. It was like when Jake was little and he was an excessive talker. You know, when you have boys, usually they don't talk, but Jake, he's my youngest, and he talked, talk, 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 talk. And so, so we just say, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. How have you done this? He goes, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then, but when he turned our face, when he really wanted us to hear what he was saying, he said, Mommy, listen to me. And he turned my face. And this is what God is saying, hey, listen to me. This is something important I want you to get. And, and he's saying, uh, and so. He goes on to give this illustration. It says to. It says, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. So here was this guy or girl, whoever it was making a plan, man, I got a plan. It's a, it's an uncertain time. And I got my plan figured out today or tomorrow. He knew the exact day he was going to go. And then he said this, he goes, I'm going to go to such and such a city. He knew the exact place he was going to go. He planned out what place he was going to go. And then he says, and I'm going to stay a year there. He knew, exactly how long he was going to go. And then it said, you know what I'm going to do there? I'm going to make a profit. So he had his plan figured out. And it's good to have a plan. We need a plan. But he forgot to include God. He forgot to include God. And you know what? We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's coming our way. And so what he says in this moment is saying, hey, YOU DO NOT KNOW WHAT TOMORROW'S GONNA BRING. YOU DON'T KNOW WHAT TOMORROW'S GONNA BRING. AND IT SAYS THIS, WHAT IS YOUR LIFE? I LOVE THAT QUESTION, WHAT IS OUR LIFE? SOMETIMES WE NEED TO ASK ourselves: WHAT IS MY LIFE REALLY ALL ABOUT? THERE WAS A MISPLACED MOTIVE IN THIS PASSAGE, AND THAT WAS TO MAKE MONEY FOR SECURITY. THERE IS NOTHING WRONG WITH MAKING MONEY. THERE IS NOTHING WRONG WITH MAKING SUCCESS. BUT THE WHOLE PLAN OF THIS, man or woman was to make money there was a misplaced his security was in that money and money is only temporary it's only temporary i love this there's a there's a passage in the bible where it talks about this man he was rich and 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 he was getting all kind of finances coming in and he didn't even know what to do with all his money so what he did he built a bigger barn and then the next day he died his whole So his whole life was to make money, build a bigger barn, and, then he, and, and the next day his, his life was taken. And this is what God is saying. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. You do not know. We don't know. With, even in this time, there's so much uncertainty in the world. We don't know what's going to happen in the world. But we do know a God who knows what's going to happen. And he's saying, hey, you don't need to make plans without me because I'm the one who knows what tomorrow's going to hold. And so, so there's two things that he's addressing. When, you make, when you're making a plan, don't do it without me because I'm the one who knows what tomorrow holds. And number two, um, that, that if you make plans apart from me, your life's but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, I can't believe my boys are now married and have kids. I have three boys and when they were little, it seemed like it was never going to, they were never going to grow up. And now they're grown up and they have kids and life goes by so fast. And we're just, we're just but a vapor. But you know what? You are not just a finite being when you're a Christian. There's, a, there's an eternal purpose that God has for each one that is not tied to who we are in the natural. But God's saying, I want to take your natural plans. I want to take your natural life. And I want to take you, I want you now to filter your decisions through my plan for your life. He wants us to filter our decisions through His plan for our life. I love what Proverbs 27.1 says. It says, never brag or boast about plans you have for tomorrow, for you don't even have a clue what tomorrow will bring you. You know what? In this passage, when he was making a decision based on money, that's, that's a dangerous thing because you know, if we just make our decisions based on the natural, you know, on, on money and stuff like that, and not, a, not with God's will. Some, there's a guy that, there's a, there's a pastor or Robert said, 90, if, if you make a, a decision solely based on how it's going to benefit you financially, 96% of those decisions would be wrong. Do you know we would not be here today as your pastors if we made a decision based on money? California is not cheap to live. We know that we don't make a decision whether where taxes are high or they're low We make a decision based on is it the will of God for my life? Come on That's God's way if you make a decision based on always natural You're gonna have chance to miss the ultimate will of God for your life so God is asking me, what is your life about? What is your life? What is my life? That's a big question. What is my life? I'm going to tell you what your life is. It's designed by a heavenly father that says, I know the plans I have for you to bring you a future and a hope. And when we filter our decisions, not based on temporary things, but we filter our decisions on building the kingdom of God, of affecting people for Jesus, of making a difference in our world, you will not miss the will of God for your life. Amen? Come on. You will not miss the will of God for your life. You, God will make sure that you build your life according to eternal purposes. Now we're going to talk about, okay, how do we plan with God? How do we plan with God? Let's look at James. If you, if you, if you have your notes or your Bible, James 4, 15. I love this scripture. It says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So, so we went from making up plans without God and God saying, instead, instead of you doing it yourself, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Um, and so let's look at some practical ways we can include God in our planning. Number one, we ask God and we pray. So we don't make our plans first. Sometimes we want to make our plans, and then we want to include God. He's like, okay, I'm going to make my plans, and then, God, will you bless it? God, God I plan to move to, I move to Boise because I can, I can buy myself a house, and, and I was like, okay, God, thank you. You're going to bless this. No, we don't do it that way. We ask God before we make the plans to help us make the plans. So ask God, God, what do you have for me? God, I don't know what the future holds, but you know what the future holds. God, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you know what tomorrow's going to bring. God, I don't know how you want to plan my life. I have an idea, but Lord, I put it before you right now. God, I don't live by the world's economy, I live by your economy. Come on. You know, when you're in a transition, you know we want to make sure we're not searching for security in something, but we find our security in the Lord. So, so we make a plan, and and it's 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 really we we make a plan plan in prayer first. So many times in my life, I mean, I can just tell you story after story. It's it's kind of hard to pick the stories. Uh, to, be tr- to tell you the truth, because you know, you, you, you're in every juncture of your life. I want to challenge you, pray first. Yeah, Good. God, what do you have for me? Right. Right. God, what do you have for me? And you know what? When you, when you include God up front, guess what happens? Your natural becomes supernatural. Your natural life becomes supernatural. And your friends will go, How did that happen? And it it couldn't be, oh, I'm so smart and I'm just so wonderful. No, no, it was the Lord. God dropped an idea in my heart, an idea to make a business, an idea, you know, uh, uh, to do this investment or that investment, an idea to maybe call that person... Uh, like I did to my husband before we got married. Um, you know, I was actually engaged to somebody else. I don't know if you know this, I was engaged to somebody else. And I, you know, I was, you know, feeling like he wasn't the one for me. And I kept pushing down those thoughts of, mm, I don't know, well, God, if I don't marry him, I'll never get married. You know, trying to reason that in my heart. And God said, no, he's not the one for you. And so we broke up and I ended up, and G was the guy that I always thought was so cute and, and amazing. And, um, and I, I remember, I... <laughs> He's so cute in his little shorts. Okay. Uh, uh, Your legs are really big in those shorts. Okay. Uh, But I remember, you know, I I graduated college. I'm giving you something really practical here. I was graduating. I graduated college. I was working in the hospital. I got my career, but something was unsettled in my heart. I was content in my singleness, to be honest with you, at that point. But I'm praying. I'm sensing there's more for me. And I'm just not settled. And I started praying. I said, God, what is it you have for me? I can't sing. I can't play the piano. I can't preach. But I knew here I'm working in the hospital. But I felt there was an eternal purpose that God had for me. And uh, as I'm praying, I feel led to call Jude. And at this point, to be honest, I was mad at him. I didn't want to call him because that's a whole other story. But... (laughs) I didn't want to call him I did not want to call him that morning and then all day called you called you called you back then we didn't have cell phones we didn't have text messages we had landlines that had party lines where you can you can hear uh you can hear the neighbor's conversation so and so we didn't have cell phones but all day long called you called you called you just like I'm not calling he's gonna think I like him and I don't want to call him but I finally did that night and God had spoken to him about me being his wife and we had, you know, we had liked each other th- uh, through the years. It was definitely a stronger traction This still is. Um, but, but I, um, but, you know, I called him. And so I had no idea that God was speaking to him about me. And so here I am praying, God, God, use me. What do you have for me? What do you have for me? And in his conversation, he said something. He said, I have, need-. and at this point he was a youth pastor he said, I have, you know, I feel like that, uh, that I need you in the ministry, that, that, that God has something for us together. And when he said that, I knew it was God. I knew it was God for me. And, you know, and I was a girl who stuttered. I didn't fit the stereotype of a pastor's wife. But God's plans for you is not based upon what we see in the natural. It is based upon his plan for our life. And I find myself here today never thinking I would be on a platform, but just obeying the voice of God and putting him in the front of our plans, not in the back of our plans. Number two, if the Lord wills, how do we do that? Make a plan, take responsibility, but make your plans in pencil. What I mean by that is, hey, you're trying your best to make this plan but write it in pencil because he may change the plan. He may say, wait a minute, yeah, that was what I had to be, but this, it's going to be in this place or it's going to be this way. And so write your plan in pencil and, 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 and put your plans and, and thoughts through a filter. I'm going to give you the filter of how to make good decisions. Number one, is this decision biblical? Is what I'm, is the decision I'm going to make today, is it biblical? So for, so for you to marry someone who's not a believer, is that biblical or not? Heck no. Okay. Um, is, is my decision biblical? Number two, have I asked godly counsel? Have I asked godly counsel? Don't go to someone that's a, that's, that's a spiritual authority in your life and say, God told me. Because guess what I'm going to do? Or somebody's going to say, okay, well, I can't help you here. You already made your plans. I can't help you. But go to them. Say, hey, I feel like God is saying this. What do you think? And I had this exact, this is a great illustration. I had a young, young woman. She went to our Bible college. And, the, and there was this guy she liked. And, um, and God really, he, and he ended up being her husband. But she was going to move because he was on the, I, I, she was going to move on the East Coast. At this time, they weren't dating. Um, and she was, I feel like the Lord's telling me to move to the East Coast. And I go, and, but she said, I feel like the Lord's son. She didn't say God told me. And I said, and she goes, what do you think? Great, you know, great question. What do you think? And you know what? I'm the type of girl, I like matchmaking. I like people to find their spouses. But in my spirit, I feel like, Mm-mm. No, 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 I go, don't chase a guy. If If it's God, guess what? He knows your address. He's going to come after you. And you know what? She didn't go. Well, you know what? And then he pursued her and they're not married today. So asking counsel in your life. And they may ask you some hard questions. And they may ask you, they may check your motives. But listen, be willing to submit to good authority in your life. That's what the church is all about. Number three, is it a Is it a confirmed? Can you let God confirm it? Can confirmation? The Bible says that a matter is established in the mouths of two or three witnesses. Witnesses. Every decision you and I have made, we had confirmation. And you know what? And that confirmation would have been maybe our authority said yes. Maybe maybe our house needed to sell. Maybe maybe this or that needed to happen. And we waited for God to confirm before we made a step forward. And then last and most important. Do you have peace? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. Yeah. Peace is the umpire of our soul, Colossians talks about. Let peace, let the peace of God be the umpire in your soul. Anytime you have any kind of, where you don't have peace like I did with marrying the wrong guy. Hey, you better listen to that peace because God leads us with peace. So that's how we can make a plan according to God's will. And then, and then number three, submit it to God again. Walk in the Spirit. You've got to make steps forward. We're gonna have the worship team come on as we end this morning. Submit it to God. Submit your life to God. God, and begin to take steps forward. Do you, you, uh, you know this? God can never move a parked car. He can never move a parked life, a life that's, oh, well, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. But maybe he's, maybe He's speaking to you. According to your finances, hey, I want you to don't just build money for yourself. Will you build my kingdom? Will you step out in faith and start tithing? Put put your money in my kingdom? Hey, there's, you know, there's going to be some things that God will challenge you to do as if the Lord wills. Are you willing to stay where you're at? Harder to stay than than it is to leave. Are you willing to work on your marriage? And do what I tell you to do. So we have to take steps and trust the Lord. I love Proverbs 3 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You have a good shepherd, and you know what? He's so trustworthy. You can trust your heavenly father. He's so trustworthy. God has never led us astray. Do you know what? Sometimes the decisions he told us to do did not make sense. But when you take those steps of faith and you look back and go, oh, it made sense because God knew. When we submit to God means to come under the mission. Come under His mission. Come under His purpose. And begin to take steps of faith. Begin to trust a God who is trustworthy. Begin to trust a God who's not mad at you. Oh no, He's got the best things for you. The most fulfilling life you've ever... thought or desired or planned but it does take trust that you don't live by what you see in the natural but you live by what he says in his word this is what God has come on you know what Jesus lived this out do you know Jesus who is God When he became a man, he subjected himself to the kind of life we live in the flesh. And he showed us how we can live this way. You know what he said all the time? Father, is this your will? He always prayed and asked the Father if it was his will to do certain things. And the greatest decision that he made for us was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he knew, because he was God, that he was going to die on a cross so that we could have an abundant life, that we can have a life that's eternal values. So he was in the garden of Gethsemane as a man, knowing the pain and the suffering he was going to endure so that we could live the life he's called us to live. And he said, God, if, if this could pass from me, take it. But nevertheless, your will be done. He paid the ultimate price of sacrifice and submission to the will of God. If we would humble ourselves, James fourteen says, before the Lord, he will lift you up in honor. When you humble yourself, and it's in this moment, as we humble ourselves and we say, God, here's my life. I lay it before you do you know you now have decided to partner with God will you stand with me this morning you know maybe you feel like gosh I made some dumb decisions how do I go back and fix it do you know Peter in the Bible he was like so gung ho. I mean, you know, Jesus said he was going to go to the cross, and he goes, "No, you'll never go to the cross." And and Jesus told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." And here Jesus dies on the cross, and 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 um, and uh, Jesus had told Peter he was going to de- that he was going to deny him three times. And I would never deny you, Lord. And guess what he did when Jesus was on the cross? He died. He denied him three times. And what did Peter do? He went back to what he knew, and that was fishing. And do you know when Jesus rose again and he was on the earth uh, for a season before he, uh, before he ascended into heaven, do you know he sought Peter out? And he said, Peter. Peter was fishing, he was doing what he knew. He, it was an uncertain time for him. He felt like a failure, he blew it. And God sought him out and said, Peter, Do you love me? He said, oh Lord, yes I do. He said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. He was bringing Peter back to his purpose. And maybe you're here and you've made some mistakes and it's okay, God's calling you back. Come on, you can get back in his purposes and his plans. And God's gonna lead us, and God's gonna guide us. Can I pray for you this morning? God, we thank you. We thank you that you have plans for us. Lord, it doesn't matter what's happening in this world. It doesn't matter, Lord, what we're facing. God, you are with us, and our security is found in you and your purposes. And God, we surrender. Just say that. Say, God, I surrender to you. I surrender to your plans. I surrender to your purposes. God, where I haven't trusted you, where I've tried to make my own way, plan my own way, I submitted to you. And I know, Lord, you have great things for me, that my life has an eternal quality. I may be here and gone tomorrow in the natural. But my eternal purposes will go forever. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes shut in this moment. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted God with your life. Maybe you thought he was mad at you. Maybe you thought, I could do it myself. I could do it myself. But you know, I'm here to tell you that God's calling you surrender your life to him God's calling you to say I give you everything because he paid the price for you to have eternal life and if you're here this morning I'm going to be counting to three and you feel your heart stirring that you're going to to trust God with your life you're going to surrender to his purposes and plan and you want him to come and be Lord of your life with, uh, with every eye closed I want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you, number one, God's calling you right now. Two, just respond. Three, let's raise our hands this morning. Awesome. Let's come on. Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray. Let's let's just thank the Lord. I want you to pray this prayer all together. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Thank you that you died for me that You forgave me of all my sins. I surrender to You today. Be Lord of my life. Come and do a work in me. Change me from the inside out that I can trust You with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.